is up, besties? I'm Jenna, and welcome to Crazy as a Mother podcast, where life happens, best friends help, and coffee does not hurt. I'm sad to say Marissa is getting well-rested. Um, she's not feeling very well. Her and her whole household has been under the weather. Um, so she's been in bed today taking care of herself, which is much needed. The woman is a, is a freaking superhero. I don't know how she does, how she does it on the daily. Um, so she's getting much needed rest. So it'll just be me flying solo today. A little nervous. Um, I really don't know why because there's nobody in the room with me. But it's kind of just, uh, it's kind of weird to be talking out loud with nobody here. Um, so I'm going to have to get used to this for the next half hour or so. Um, but I hope everyone's doing well. Everyone had a great weekend. Um, this comes out Monday. It's Sunday night. And it's hot as balls. And the weather needs to decide what it's doing. I'm so glad I left some pairs of shorts out because it was like 80 degrees, humid AF. Felt like I was in Florida. Um, I already started decorating for Christmas. Yes, yes, I know. I'm one of those people. Yes, I know Thanksgiving exists. And I celebrate it to the best of my ability. I love Thanksgiving. I love stuff in my face. And I love that it's culturally acceptable on that day. But in... Uh, 2020 when COVID started and their world was going hell in a handbasket we decorated for Christmas right after Thanksgiving the first excuse me right after Halloween the first weekend of November and I have small kids and I feel like it just made everything holly jolly like it extended that feeling when Christmas comes around and everyone's happy and loving and all this good shit I feel like it just extended that and since 2020 i did it in 2021 and i did it in 2022 and to be honest with you i'm really not looking forward to this holiday um my dad passed away uh december 26th of last year so nobody's fucking looking forward to this holiday but i don't want to become bitter towards christmas i don't think my dad would want me to become bitter towards christmas it was his favorite holiday um christmas eve my family gets together is my favorite day of the year so I thought about, it was like hardcore extreme, like I either wanted to decorate mega early, which I did, or I didn't want to do it at all, but that's not fair to my kids. Um, my kids need, need that. It's such a magical time. So that is why I decorated early. And to all you early decorators, I feel you boo. Keep doing you. Don't let the haters get you down because they don't know what they're talking about. <sighs> Needless to say, I really need to buy investment in Hobby Lobby because they have gotten all of my money. Um, we, last year, mm, last year I started doing all Grinch stuff, and I'm, like, trying to collect more, so, like, everything's, like, Whoville and all this good jazz. So, Hobby Lobby's gotten all my freaking money. I, luckily, saved a few bucks to get coffee this week, but that's kind of about it. Um, but it's definitely worth it. I'm in a great mood. The kids are loving it. They're like, how many more days till Christmas? And they're looking at present ideas. Um, so it's going to be well worth it in the end, I think. And I, I freaking love it. It's so much fun. Um, so that's what's going on for us this weekend. So pretty exciting. Exciting for uh, the holidays to come. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, with law school come new... Um, like, just new traditions and new ways to, like, honor my dad. And we all will figure out a way to keep going. Um, and it's working. The, the the Christmas decorations are working, making everyone feel happy. I love it. Um, so I think I'm going to keep doing it. I think I'm going to be one of them people. And uh, I like it, I got to say. 
Also, big shout out, rest in peace to Aaron Carter, um, who, I mean, who didn't love that guy growing up if you're, I'm 31, so in my age range, um, everyone, I feel like everyone had a crush on him, and, um, you know, he battled a lot of demons. Um, I know they, I don't think they released a cause of death, but I did see that his brother posted about it, and he mentioned mental health and addiction and how it's an ugly beast and i can't imagine what it must be like to battle that in a public eye um because i am in sobriety i'm in recovery as i'm pretty open about it um and i know my struggles and i'm just your average working mom i mean nothing like crazy i don't have a camera following me or like telling everyone all my mistakes so I can't imagine what that must have been like and what he must have felt. And it just breaks my heart to know that he must have felt so much pain, um, even if that's not what caused um, his life to be over. But even just feeling it in general, like going through life and, like I said, feeling it but being in the public eye, like it's got to, I can't imagine. Um, so transitioning a little bit into what to talk about, I wasn't sure what to do, or, like things to talk about. We had some things lined up, but it's... You know, it's kind of better with two people, but kind of going back to what I said, I am in recovery. Marissa is not in recovery. And, you know, everything with Aaron Carter and him only being um, a few years older than me, uh, I don't know. It just had me reflecting. Uh, and also, I don't know if I said Nick Carter in the beginning. I meant to say Aaron Carter. <laughs> Nick Carter passed away. Sorry if I messed that up. I can't remember. Um, but yes, so. It got me reflecting on my life and going through my journey of recovery and the program that I of my choosing that has kept me sober since and feeling very fortunate to have another day sober. Because ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, it ain't pretty when you're in the depths of that nonsense. Um, so I'm very grateful to have what I have. Um, because I know that there's a lot of people struggling that wish that they had what I have. And I need to freaking remember that when my own grateful ass gets in the pity pot. Um, so he just had me reflecting a lot. And I figured today we'll talk about, I know that there's some of my friends that listen, like, the reality is, is that sobriety overall is a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. I've become a woman of honor, dignity. I'm trustworthy. I'm reliable. I'm all of these things that if you caught me five years ago, you couldn't use any of those words to describe me, um, truly. You know, I tried to put on the front to the best of my ability, but I mean, that wasn't the real deal. And the real deal was ugly. It was bad. Um, it wasn't going places. It was hurting people. It was taking prisoners in my life. Um, it wasn't anything good. And, and the reality of it is, is that my life is beautiful today, absolutely. That being said, life is hard. <laughs> Um, there are some days that I'm so grateful to do what I have to do in order to get another day sober. Um, and then there's other days like, why do I have to have this? Almost like it's a curse. Like, why am I cursed with this? And, you know, like, I can't be a normal person. Like, why can't I just be a normal person? Um, and I'd be lying if I say I didn't feel that way some days. Um, because it's true. And... I wanted to be honest about that because I love, I love hearing 
how much people love sobriety and I'm glad people do but I think it's just as important to talk about the hard stuff like talk about the hard days the struggle days the days that I wish I was normal like when I see people on Facebook with like wine in their hand and like they're out at the club and just that tipsy feeling and like not having to worry about like what medications I'm being prescribed and I'm like damn I miss that not giving a shit you know and but that's the that's the truth of it and in retrospect excuse me, not in retrospect looking looking at it as a whole picture does does that weigh out the beauty of it absolutely not um which is why I'm I know I have another day for over four and a half years just going for the next 24 hours um but if you were anything like me um I don't know if anyone can relate to this but just I had the signs of it before I ever touched a drink um I had very addictive personality um I was obsessed I I obsessed her I still do it um, I find something to obsess over as a coping mechanism. Um, I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. Um, my father also didn't do great with his emotions, and he died a sober man, but before he was sober, um, he drank to numb, the, numb it just to turn it off. And I remember, like, almost seeing the wheel, that like that hamster wheel on his head, like when he would start, it would just, it would just go down. And I remember being like, damn. I want that and I and you know I did it for I did it for all the all the reasons like I did it because like the first time I drank I was 13 and I was with siblings in an older crowd and I loved it I was a part of big people wanted me around I felt cool um you know like parties like my aunts and uncles would come and they would stay late and drink and tell stories and like that's what I wanted like yes I did the party scenes I did all that I'm not saying I didn't but I loved feeling part of and it to me how I perceived it was alcohol would give me that place um, I didn't, like, go to keg parties in high school. I was petrified of my father, um, getting in trouble in early high school, I should say. But, um, you know, like, I got to, like, drink a beer here and there with my dad. And, um, I got to do all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I didn't really have to, like, go, like, press hard if I wanted to have a beer or something. Um, so, I remember, like being like 17 and like right I have these isms I have this like this dark void that I'm already feeling inside that I don't know how to take care of all I care about is turning it off um and nothing was turning it off until I drank a whole handle of gin I was like 135 pounds and um you know my dad my not my dad excuse me my brother found me and they took me to the hospital and they asked me all these questions and they're like are you trying to like harm yourself and I'm like no I just wanted the pain to stop and that literally has been my experience all through doing my nonsense um when I went to college I was getting kicked out of bars I was the one I was the person you could call on a Tuesday at 9 a.m and I was ready to go I would skip classes I would go to classes under the influence um I did all that because alcohol gave me a purpose was it a good purpose no but I was in your stories. You wanted me around. You know, you were telling like, oh, did you see Jen did this? Oh my God, Jen was so funny when she fell and da, 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 da. You were talking about me and I had a role and that's all I wanted. That's all I ever wanted. And at that time, alcohol is what gave it to me. So I thought, um, but I kind of had a feeling that 
you know, once people around me, like even the hardest of partiers could stop if they had a big test. And I'm like, how do you do that? And if I wasn't drinking all the time, I was waiting for the next. I was waiting for the next. Even if it was like, oh my God, it, you know, it's, it's a month till another party or something like that. I'm waiting for the next. Um, I'm mentally obsessing over it. I can't wait for it. Um, so it's obviously like, just because it wasn't like that all day, like I wasn't doing it all day every day, my mind was already there. My mind was married to it at a very young age. Um, you know, so I, I went, I got a job at a detox center and, um, I went there drunk one day and I was like, oh, this is it. And like, I didn't get caught, but, um, I was like, this is my low and honey, boo boo child. Let me tell you, that was not, that was not my low. Um, things got worse, things got worse. And I'm not gonna, um, like tell every story, but we, you know, for those that know what I'm talking about, or even those, like, even if addiction isn't your thing but just those thoughts there's racing thoughts that i'm not good enough thoughts that that uh the things that we tell ourselves that we need to slow down like like there's it's just never ending like even if you can't relate to the drink or, or other things um like a lot i know a lot of people feel those thoughts so like please take that away with you too like that hamster wheel of just i'm not good enough what does this person think of me how do i become more important i'm worthless i'm useless and and how do I get that? And my answer was booze, for the most part, amongst other things. Um, so, it, you know, it picked up. It got really bad, um, where I became four days a week, all day, every day, just how my work schedule went. And then when I would go to work and just be hurting for those other three. Um, excuse me, three days, three days booze on, four days working. Um, and then things were downhill they were just downhill I was living far away from home and and then I found that I was pregnant and like any rational person I was like yes this baby is going to save my life I will no longer drink because I'm depressed I'm not drinking because I'm an alcoholic I tell myself I'm drinking because I'm depressed and now that I'm having a baby I won't be depressed so now I'll be better and that's not how it works I didn't know then but that's not how it works this little fetus inside of me cannot save 23 years of addictive thoughts, addictive behaviors, and feeling less and low then. And honestly, shame on me for putting all that pressure on a little baby. Um, but I made it through the pregnancy. Um, you know, but again, it was like that countdown in my head. Like, I couldn't wait to give birth so I could just do whatever I wanted. I couldn't wait. Um... Because I was sick of I was sick of answering to a little child. Like, all right, enough now. Like, I'm mommy's ready to have fun, and um, I did. I didn't breastfeed for that reason because I didn't want any more restrictions, and I did. And uh, life went bad. Um, I did all the right motions. I got married. I got a house. I had a baby. I did all the things I was supposed to do, but all I did was give myself more freedom. And then I got myself in a lot of trouble, financially, emotionally, uh, relationship. And it got to the point, dudes, where I was just ready to go. I was ready to die because I was so called up. I didn't know how to get out. And it was either continue how I was continuing. And I would literally sob and cry as I was pouring the next one or do whatever. And I just wanted to be done. But I didn't know how to be done. So it was either keep doing this or 
take myself out of the equation. And um, by the grace of God and one of my stupors, I reached out to my mom who was already sober and I told her and, you know, she took me to, to where I got sober through and, um, you know, I found something that works for me to keep me sober and I'm very grateful for that. I uh, learned how to work through a lot of the things that I've done. I learned to work through a lot of the people that I've hurt. Um, I learned how to make reconciliation and really mean it and like live by what I live by what I say. For the most part, I'm not perfect. And then if I if I mess up, I'm able to tell to say, hey, you know, I fucked up and I'm sorry. Um, so taking them into mamahood, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like I had one, my son, Dalton, who I, who was two when I got sober and then I had twins. Um, I had my twins. I was a little over a year sober by the time they were born. And, um, there's, I'm going to start, I won't say they're negative things because they're not negative things. Um, the struggles of taking the role of motherhood and then adding the, um, the walk of sobriety on top of that, right? Um, I really get jealous. I have to be honest. I get jealous when I see like pictures of like moms in big sweatshirts and the leggings and they're sitting and they're having a cup of wine and um, they're just chit-chatting and I'm sure like I, I'm literally sometimes if I'm not, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do that day, like reach out to another sober person and, and do the readings that I do and, and things that I choose to do to stay sober. If I don't do those things, I'm not in the right mindset, which is when I'm literally looking at people on, on social media and just drooling at seeing them like go out and party or like I said, just sit in the oversized size hoodie and the leggings and drinking wine and I'm like, man, I get really jealous. I get really, really, really jealous. Um, especially because life just seems to be getting crazier and, um, you know, that's something that I, that I miss, but the realization, the truth of the matter is people, I can count on one hand, the amount of times that I ever just had a glass or two. So the reality for me is that that's not my reality. I'm not going to just have one or two for a picture and call it a night. And I have to remember that. When I get jealous and when I see, <clears throat> excuse me, when I see moms doing this, um, those are the things I have to remind myself of. Another big thing for me is control. I don't know if anybody out there can relate to like being in control, but I love it. I love being in control. And despite the 23 years of experience of showing me in the driver's seat doesn't work out well, I still think sometimes it does. And... I obsess. I obsess over the things I can't control. I can't do a goddamn thing about them. And it exerts a lot of energy, right? And it takes away from a lot of things that I should be doing. But I, right, so like one thing I had to come to terms with when I got to is I cannot stop myself once I have one. It is a shit show and it's over. So in essence, I had to say, hey, I can't control alcohol. I'm powerless with this. And um, so I look for ways to flex those muscles in other parts of my life. So it's like, well, well if I can't do a booze, then I'm going to dominate this and can't control this and plan this out. And, and you know, if it doesn't go this way, then it's not going to go well. Um, 
And that's hard with kids, people. That is so hard with kids to not do that. Um, I want to plan every, like I, I'm someone that has all their clothes laid out. Um, on Sunday, I lay the clothes out for the week. Um, I'll call and check in how they're doing at school. Um, I flip out about like the bullies and stuff like that. And because um, my son was having an issue in, in his classroom. And I just want to like keep them in a bubble, right? We all know that feeling. I just wanted to keep our kids in a bubble. And it makes me sick that I can't control anything that happens outside of the for- this the house. Like once they leave me for the day, I, I can't control anything. And I will spend countless hours, countless thoughts, unending energy on these things. And these and these thoughts, these what ifs, what if this, what if that, and I'm playing out the craziest thought in my head, and and I spend so much time on that, and I can't, I can't, because it leads me down a bad road mentally and spiritually, that if I don't keep straight, that I'm just going to be back in my old behaviors, and not speaking for me, and um, and I also can't do that, and if anyone relates to this, like just sobriety aside. Because it take, it's making me absent from what's going on around me, right? Like, it's, I'm not paying attention to what's happening. If my kid's trying to tell me a story, I'm too wrapped up in my head. I'm too stressed. Um, and I'm not, I'm not here. Like, I'm not with them. I'm not listening. Um, and I want to do that. So that's definitely a big one. Um, and I have to not get on my pity pot. That's another big one, too. Because I can. And um, I can get on my pity pot big time. And um, if I'm not if I'm not grounded that day, like, I get a little high off it, if I'm being honest. Um, I get a little high off people like, wow, like, you're doing great. Like, I don't know how you do it. You're so incredible. You're this, you're that. And it's like, it's funny because I don't believe it. Like, I can't tell myself that, which is why I need you to tell me it. Maybe if you keep telling me it till I believe it. And then I'll believe it for myself. Um, so I think that's why I get a little rushed. It's like, okay, well, if someone else thinks this about me, then maybe I could think this about me. Um, and that is why I think I said how I said about it. Maybe not like a high per se, but it's like, but it's like giving me validation to possibly believe that I'm okay as I am. Um, and I hate that. I really do hate that. It's something I really need to work on. Um, me and Marissa were on the phone earlier today and just had a really good conversation about so many of those things about like just no self-esteem no self-love and it's it's no bueno people it's no bueno you need to have it i need to have it with or without people's approval and be okay with it and i i know that once i like unlock that door like life is gonna just get brighter um so i'm working on it it's definitely a work in progress i don't know if anyone else can relate to that but it's definitely a work in progress um but the but the beautiful things about being sober that stuff aside is what I need to constantly focus on one being like I said attention my kids am I good at perfect at it of course not like I talked about those thoughts and all the stuff and like the phone oh god the goddamn phone (laughs) tiktok um can take away from that but I but the time that was spent in pouring something the time that was spent phased out the time that was spent rushing them to bed or rushing Dalton to bed early so I could do what I wanted that's gone so I have that time that I wasn't giving before um to be able to do that with my kids and 
when we do things now like we went to shady brook and like i'm i feel myself being present and just trying to like mentally take pictures of everything happening because i'm just so elated and happy and um what's going on around me and seeing my kids smile and like we were running through the sunflower field at shady brook like doesn't get more homework than that you know what i mean and like it just made me feel so happy and honestly like if you five years ago i'd have been like you are taking up my time i could be doing other funner things instead of doing this and i would be looking at my watch and i would be like man we need to hurry this up so i can get home so i can make a stop so mommy can have a good time and that doesn't happen anymore um i get to like be a mom and not just like have a title but not back it up and the one maybe most obvious one is how many hangovers no hangovers i don't wake up of course i wake up tired as hell um that's way different from a bad hangover um i would either wake up hungover drunk or still painfully sick um and i don't do any of that anymore so i get up early i work out first thing in the morning i know i know listen guys here's the thing i have a beyonce bod but i don't want to make anybody jelly gel so I just keep it in. But I do. I swear to God, I do get up and I work out. Um, I do stuff. I do that. So I'm not feeling like crap. I am able to save time at work because I'm not calling out all the time, which is pretty awesome. Um, and another big one, too, is money, money, money. Um, I'm not going to get into personal details right now. But all I'm going to say is I spend lots of money. Okay? Spend lots of money. Um... And I don't do that anymore. So that's pretty cool. I am able to save. I know how to save now. Um, I can buy things for myself. Like if I want to do fun things. So it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm very happy about that. And uh, I'm grateful that, you know, I'm able to put money away for my kids and stuff like that. Because before, honestly, I would just be looking out on, on me and my money would be blown. My credit cards would be maxed. Um, just to be able to, to keep doing what I was doing and to make sure that I had what I needed or whatever. Um, so that's awesome. Like saving for Christmas, you know, like I'm a big tattoo person. I like, I don't, I don't buy booze. I get tattoos. Um, so that's obviously like a big, a big one. Um, and honestly, the, the, the main takeaway that I am so grateful for is that my children never, ever, have to see me in a bad way my two-year-old son thank god has no memory has seen me in some disgusting spots and my children now it would be nothing they'll never see me like that at least just for today um and like that kind of just brings me to tears because it uh i just can't I can't believe that it was ever like that. And I never wanted to be like that for my kids. Um, so I'm very grateful for, for all of that. And I know that um, this was a little more geared towards sobriety. But I sobriety, so alcohol is just one thing, right? Alcohol is one of many things. What I do is I obsess. Like I said earlier, I obsess. So I obsess about my weight. I obsess about my food one way or the other. I'm, a, I'm an all or nothing type of gal. And um, so I'll work out seven days a week, work out an hour a day, or I don't want to do it at all. Um, 
I'll cut my calories back crazy or I'll say F it. Um, and then I hyper-focus. So, so right now I'm hyper-focused on, on working out and eating. And I'm trying to teach myself balance. And so you don't have to have a booze problem or this problem to, to have those thoughts. So, you know, like if you have those thoughts, like let's talk, man, because it's tough. It's tough to work through those racing thoughts. Um, so I just wanted to like, like I said, you know, trying to figure out what to talk about today and me being in recovery, um, Marissa not, um, but she's, she's my spirit animal. I wouldn't be where I am without her. Um, it, uh, I just, just something I felt like, and I felt like I need to talk about it because I needed to be reminded. I needed to be grateful. Like I said, when hearing about Aaron Carter and everything that happened, with him rest in peace like it can be bad like I'm so blessed in my life with all everything that I have that I forget sometimes how bad it can really be and what type of prison it can be mentally and um I just wanted to talk about it really I guess selfishly um therapeutically so I could remember what it really is so when I get them thoughts of like oh I can do this I can do that um, I can't do this or that because that's the reality of it. The reality of it is I'm not normal and it's okay. Um, so when I think like I see the girls drinking the wine, I'm like, damn, like bottomless mimosas and stuff like that. That's not Jenna's reality. Jenna's reality is you probably find me passed out on the bathroom floor by noon. And, um, I don't want that for my life anymore. I don't want that for my kids. So by the grace of God for today, They'll never see me like that. Um, but I do, I need to start focusing on the positive things of, of life. Because if I'm being honest with you folks, I've just been like a woe is me mood. And I'm not saying, here's what I think is important to remember. Is that it's okay to acknowledge what you're doing is hard. My therapist told me this. It's okay to acknowledge that there are people in the world that cannot do what you do. And it's okay to think that. But then what are you going to do with it? Right? Like if you, if you let it blow up to your head or you get in your pity pot, it's not solving anything. But it is okay to acknowledge that. Like, yeah, you're fucking awesome. Yeah, there's people that would choose not to do what you're doing. And yes, there's people that would fail and just give up. But you're not. You're not, you're not, you're not. And that's sick. Be proud of that. Own that shit. And take that pride with you, a healthy pride, and just keep going. Because you can do it. You're capable of it. I'm capable of it. I'm capable of raising these three kids when it doesn't feel like I can do it. Because let me tell you, it feels like with these three-year-olds, man, holy shnikes. I don't know how we're going to get through the next 24 hours, let alone until they're 18. But you're doing hard stuff. I'm doing hard stuff. Marissa's doing hard stuff. And we're slaying it. It might not feel like it, but we're slaying the game. We're doing things that people couldn't do. And what's even more important to remember is we're living lives that people wish that they were living. And I need to remember that, that I am walking in a pair of shoes that someone right now is praying, praying for. And I am a very, very, very lucky and blessed woman. You guys are very lucky and blessed. And if it doesn't feel like that, just try and look and find it. Because I promise you, you are one step ahead of someone else, even if it doesn't feel like it. So, I guess this might be the first episode with no dad joke, because I have nobody to laugh at my jokes. 
Um, so we'll be sure to do that next time. But guys, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for listening. I hope, you know, I feel like this was a little more heavy, a little more serious. Um, but you know, it's a different vibe without Marissa here and I missed her, but she'll be back next week. Um, but I love you guys so much. We have our own, we finally got enough, um, followers on YouTube to have our own handle at crazy as a mother podcast, which is freaking awesome. Um, make sure you download Spotify, Amazon, Apple, YouTube, get us on Instagram and TikTok. Listen to me. I am learning how to do different clips on TikTok. I'm going to be famous. Mark my words. I will autograph when you're ready. All right. I love you besties. Thank you so much for joining the crazy. See you next time.